Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. We have uh, a couple things to talk about, mostly the Derby, and unfortunately Mage's big win, which is a great story, uh, has been kind of overshadowed by a lot of uh, negativity and unfortunate incidences and uh, vet scratches were trainer scratches that turned into vet scratches. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that in a lot more. The sniper will be with us, as always, right after the break. Hey, if you haven't done it already, it's time for you to sign up for the Going in Circles Digest. Go to www.goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and click on the link to subscribe for free for the latest in stakes previews and stories and all kinds of other assorted nonsense. And I even put up some cool videos every once in a while for uh, historic purposes. Anyways, check it out. Going in circles, digest.substack.com. It's free. It should be for you. Is this the uh, the sniper? It is. <laughs> Tell's going on over sniper. there. Sniper. <laughs> the, uh, visited the alligators yesterday. <laughs> Alligator, no voice. Uh, there's a lot going on over here in Sniperville, man. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on in Racingville. Man, that's an understatement. Most of it bad. Yeah, 90% of it. As bad as the Knicks defense tonight. Porous. They're like Swiss cheese. Well, at least taping the show, uh, I can only watch it, you know. Highlights. I kind of watch it, but (laughs) uh, it hasn't been pretty for the Knicks. Anyways, um, where do we start? Start all the way at the beginning. Uh, man. Saturday morning. I mean, that skips over the Oaks. That skips over, like, everything that happened leading up to the Oaks. <laughs> but I guess uh, that's... I mean, the still... Oaks was actually boring in comparison. I mean, yeah, it was, it was not, even a, not even talked about. After just, it, it everything else, a, it was just a horse race. <laughs> um, there wasn't any really controversial things happening with it. Um, no, uh, I got props to Steve Beck, he's been on uh, Mischievous Girl for weeks now. Yeah, Brendan Walsh and company. Um, so. <clears throat> the Derby was, I mean, you can't say that it wasn't unique. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was a whirlwind week. I mean, all week it was just chaos. Uh, for, the, for the Going Circles Digest, I wrote the piece on Friday night, Saturday morning, and I called it the Defection Derby. <laughs> 
little did I know <laughs> the biggest affection was coming uh, in the form of Forte. And we had, I mean, there was spaces that were done that were being batted around a couple days ago, uh, you know, with rumors that Forte had been going to the saltwater <laughs> machine for therapy and he had been standing in a bucket, and, uh, all of which turns out to be true. And, you know, that was to quell a, a bruise on his foot, which uh, you know, has been described as a, a, a very small bruise. Um, something that, that is probably inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And I think that the, you know, there's there's a lot of misunderstanding on, on what on what's going on, and uh, I mean, there, there's so much that's misunderstood and misinterpreted on a normal basis. But when you right. have the mainstream media and you have so much coverage and everybody's got an opinion, and then you have people literally watching uh, with uh, on, I mean, we're 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 watching in real time the horse being vet checked. You know, literally watched the whole thing. Yeah, and um, there's there's a misinterpretation as well of the role of the regulatory vet. Of how do I say this without coming across um, flippant? <laughs> but um, you know the the judgment of the regulatory vet. Um, and you know clearly there was there was a small issue, and the fact of the matter is that most of our racing lives that horse would have been allowed to run <clears throat> and I'm not saying that um I have no experience with Nick Smith, the regulatory vet. I really have none the everything um I mean, I haven't raced in Kentucky in a long time, and he is relatively new. But everything that I've heard is that he is uh, tough about scratching horses. Um, and getting him off the vet list is not an easy thing as, as well. And I'm sure that it, it's... Some people will will cheerlead that, of course, but there's a lot of situations with regulatory vets that that they're being put under pressure um, from over their heads to be tougher. And it's such a gray area. And soundness is an opinion. Mm. There's there's not a there actually is a, a soundness measuring machine, but um, it's still, it's, it's still not, hasn't been, it would take a whole lot of time <laughs> to, to do the check horses, put it that way. They have to start at 1am in the morning. Oh boy. Um, but it's an opinion. It's the opinion of the track veterinarian. The, and it's not actually a track veterinarian. It's the regulatory veterinarian. It works for the Kentucky Racing Commission that the horse won't be allowed to start. You have got to pass the inspection to allow the horse to start any horse and in general when the veterinarian won't let you start they are supposed to put you on the vets list you're supposed to be a vet scratch now in stake races because you pay to enter the race 
normal races, you don't pay to run. You don't pay to run in allowance races or maiden races. You pay to run in stake races. You put a nomination and you pay an entry fee and you pay a starting fee if you actually start. Because of that, the trainer has up to 45 minutes before post time of his race, of the stake race, um, to scratch without reason. Normally, you would have to have a reason that you would scratch. Uh, off the turf could right. be a reason. Um, a vet scratch if your horse had a temperature <clears> or <throat> uh, you know, exhibited some lameness. Your, your private vet could put a, a scratch slip in for that. Um, but that would be called, you know, that would be considered a, a vet scratch as well. Um, you know, obviously, if the race comes off the turf, it's a turf race and you're, you're a turf horse and you're not going to run on the, the off track. That That's not considered a vet scratch. That's a scratch, a regular scratch. But trainers are allowed to scratch in stake races up to 45 minutes before post time with no reason given. Um, in this situation, we clearly saw that the trainer wasn't making the scratch, that the horse wasn't being allowed to run against the connections, um, desires. So the whole world knew that because so, Rapoli said, <laughs> on yeah, a interviews, a couple, probably like three or four that I saw. Um, it was pretty clear that it wasn't a trainer scratch. I made the assumption that it was a vet scratch because of the, <laughs> you know, the the language, the body language, and, and what you know Rapoli said afterwards. I, and I think pretty much everyone else did too. And now, you know, I, I actually tweeted out yesterday, how can Forte run in the Preakness? Because if he's on the vets list, it's 14 days before you can even work. You have to get permission to work. And then you have to wait for the, the 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 drug test to come back, which is not an insignificant amount of time. It's not like you're running over to uh, the lab and, and they, they you know. Just drop off these samples real quick. Yeah, it, 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 it can take a while. Um, it's not instantaneous, put it that way. So there was just no way he could he could run into Preakness if he was actually at the vet list. And because he was scratched, you know, the vet didn't allow him to run. It wasn't really a, a trainer scratch. I made the assumption that the horse was on the vet list, and I said, how, how can this horse run into Preakness? They're talking about running into Preakness, but he'll be on the vet's list on Preakness Day, you know? So um, there was a lot of feedback from that. A couple of the trainers from Kentucky said that that uh, there's been circumstances where the, the regulatory vet has allowed trainers to make a trainer scratch uh, as as opposed to a vet scratch. When a horse is, for something like this, a, a, a minor foot bruise, being on the vet's list is a pain in the ass because you're out two weeks, you can't even work for two weeks. Even if the horse is fine, which apparently he galloped today and, and Pletcher said he looked fine and he was going to breeze him this week, this weekend, maybe Friday. Um, you can't. You have to wait. And then you have to get uh, a, a vet to go over the horse and, and give their okay for the horse to work. And then you work. But you have to set it up so that a regulatory vet is there to watch the work. And examine the horse pre and post. Then you have to take the blood test. 
which gets sent out to the lab, and you have to pass it to make sure that the horse you know isn't on uh, hasn't been given any kind of you know, painkillers or any kind of medication that, that's not allowable. So it might be a three week period, and that's if the vet okay's you to work at the minimum time. Right. So that's a pain in the ass, especially when there's really nothing wrong with your horse. It's a different story if there's actually a physical issue with the horse that would be uh, would, would need time off. That would be a different story. Mm. Um, but, but but soundness is an opinion, and you could get six vets out there, and five of them could say that the horse is sound to run. If the regulation vet doesn't say the horse, in his opinion, is sound to run, the horse doesn't run. He's the boss. Um, I had some issues with regulatory vets along, you know, around across the years. Uh, when I worked for Jerkins, and this is in the nineties, um, Naira hired a couple extra vets in the summertime because Saratoga is a very big, broad track. There's horses all over the place. You know, the backside between Oklahoma and and the uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the barns by the half mile pole, uh, the barns on the other side, the, the receiving barn is on the other side of the road by the harness track. They were renting out stalls on the harness track. So there was a tremendous amount of ground to cover at Saratoga. Uh, so they hired a couple vets and one vet in particular, uh, this woman was extremely difficult to deal with and, you have to remember too. This is, this is more than twenty five years ago, so the the standards were not nearly as high as they are now. And we had a filly; her name was Oscilla, and she was owned by uh, Jerry Shields, and a well bred filly. And she was kind of a hard knocker, really an allowance horse, not not really a steak horse. Every time she tried steak races, at least in my recollection, was. She just, you know, was she'd run fourth, fifth, sixth. I, I just, I just think she was more of a, a nice allowance horse. So we had her in one day at uh, at Saratoga, and she wasn't the best going horse. Like, um, I think I think at this point she was six, and and she just wasn't like the smoothest going horse. She didn't travel great. We didn't train her a lot. She ponied a lot. Uh, she wasn't. There wasn't much to her she was was kind of a, a filly was tough to keep weight on and the vet came one morning and and we were busy at saratoga and the chief was at the track and i saw them pull up you know the vet and i said did a groom get out get you know get all still out and just jog for the vet and then went about my business you know um after about the third time i saw her jog down and back i said uh, i'm gonna go see what's going on here and the lady, I, I went up to the lady and I said, you know, is there a problem? And she's like, this horse is dead lame. What? So and we had trained her that morning. <clears throat> so I said, okay. And, you know, let's see her jog. So she jogs and she jogs like she jogs every other day of her life. And I, she, I said, she's not lame. That's that's how she goes. I said, don't you people have notes? You know, don't, don't, right. don't you have notes on how this horse goes? Well, in my opinion, she's lame. So I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, here we go. You know, oh. so, 
so just then Durkins is, is riding back on the pony and he said, like, what's the problem? And I said, well, the doctor says the source is lame, but she, she don't look lame to me. So he's like, well, all right, we'll jog her. So she jogs. And I was like, what's the back. problem? <laughs> and he's like, that's how she goes. That's how she always goes. Like, I've had her, she's like a six-year-old. And, you know, the, the girl is, like, adamant about it. And I'm like, oh, man. So Dr. Verderosa comes, uh, who's still there, who's, who's actually a, a really good guy and a really good vet. And he comes and, and basically says, like, you know, pulls me aside. Says, well, you know, if something were to happen and I were to overrule her and let the source run, you know, the, the liability. And he, didn't, he had not been working there very long. I mean, he might have been brand new, too. Uh, maybe it, he was only there a couple of years. But, you know, the point was the liability issue and he said you know this lady she's a little bit of a loose cannon <laughs> and if something were to happen she's gonna like you know <clears throat> she's gonna make sure that everybody knows you know what her opinion was so i said i you know like talk to talk to alan but i mean i, I get it you know I, I understand but it's like don't you guys have notes about these horses and he says i know I, she, she she looks like she always did i spoke to her but she's refusing and uh, we 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 scratched her, um, and I think we ran her down at, at Belmont afterwards. I, and it was too far ago for me to remember exactly how she did, but uh, but she was not lame. I mean, she trained the next day, and it was fine. But um, I believe we had to work her to get off the vets list back then. But it was it was more of a um, it, it was more of a uh, I think we just had to work. Right, worked faster than fifty-two or something like that. I mean, I, I don't even know that there was any any examination beyond that. And I'm not I'm not saying that there shouldn't be. Of course, there should be, especially these days under, under the circumstances that we're in. But but this is not a new thing. And I've heard of a lot of trainers from a lot of trainers about issues with regulatory vets and how they're bringing in people in a lot of cases, just don't have that much experience. Um, and it was put a, a, a really good way uh, by someone. And they said about regulatory veterinarians is it's they're like public defenders. Huh. You know, they're, right. they're just they're, run of the mill. They, they, they're, they're certified to do what they've done. They've, they've right. gone through the education. But if you had your ass on the line in a court, is that who you want defending you? <laughs> Hell no. Everyone would say no. And that's, that's the situation. And, and this isn't to just like, you know, crap on regulatory vets. Uh, a lot of them are, are younger people that just, you know, haven't got a opportunity in another area or some people just don't want the, the hassle of, of, of a private practice, which is a lot of uh, crazy hours, you know, horses rarely colic at 11 a.m., you know, <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually 2 a.m. or, uh, you know, getting up early to, <clears throat> you know, to have to be there. Training starts early. Vets have to be there earlier. And, I mean, it's not like every one of them is terrible, but. It's the, the, the quality of the regulatory vet 
that we have when you're going to start hiring these people in mass is is just going to be you're you're essentially going to have to take who you get and that's a problem and that's going to cause problems uh, and and I'm not saying that the vet did the wrong thing in the case of Forte at all because I wasn't there I watched the horse jog you know there was a video of him jogging a couple of days before and he wasn't really perfect and I think you and I discussed yeah. it and I said He's just not that. He's not that smooth going. No, but he wasn't yeah. lame, and and that's this is where we get into these these this problem of you know, Pletcher's probably run the horses like that, like we all have, hundreds of times and never had any incidences. Horses do not have catastrophic foot bruises. And I know someone's going to say, well, they get off this foot and they do that. Yeah, you could say that about anything. Though. Mm. Horse could grab his quarter out of the starting gate and, and, and favor it. You know, that's something you can't control. And, um, you know, I, I'm not here to say that he should have run or he shouldn't have run. <clears throat> All I'm here to say is that he should have been a vet scratch from the beginning because it clearly was not a trainer scratch. He, the trainer... And the owner clearly wanted to run the horse. And I also want to say that Micropoli should not be just talking to the vet. That that no owner should be talking to the vet. You should not have the vet there. And they, they have a very, very difficult job. And there should be no outside influence, period. The trainers being there is, is one thing because the trainer's responsible. And... That's who the, the vets work with, the trainer, not the owners. And this is nothing against Micropoli. This is that the the look is one of, uh, put it this way. What if he changed his mind and let the horse run and then something happened? Everyone in the world would have said, oh, he only let the horse run because Rapoli put pressure on him. Right. And, and it's a terrible look. Horrible optics. Horrible. I mean, Barry, have you ever seen a, a vet check before? Uh, yeah, on Saturday morning, sort of. But no, not not officially like in person or anything. I've heard things, you know, you've told me a lot of stuff, but no, I have not witnessed one. I would imagine that 99% of the people watching <clears throat> had never witnessed one. That probably makes a lot of sense. And that is not how it goes. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that didn't seem like it, because we've seen it from every angle. There was Everybody was there, had cameras. It was uh, a crowd, a gallery. Exactly. And I just think it's totally unfair to the Dr. Dr. Smith to have to be put in that situation and have the owners discussing it with him. The trainer's one thing, because like I said, the trainer is there. The trainer's responsible. The owner, regardless, the owner is not responsible. The trainer is the one responsible. When something goes wrong, when a horse gets a, a, a has an issue, it's the trainer that that is responsible. I mean, I don't I don't know what other word to use, but um, yeah, I I I don't think that that was really kosher. I think that that's an issue. Um, the vets should be left to make their decisions, and again. I'm not agreeing with them, not disagree with them, but there was a lot that went wrong on, on, in that situation, and um, 
I, I just, uh, you know, from from that whole standpoint to uh, the the horse list that is, is a trainer scratch, which has been changed in the chart, by the way. He's no longer listed as a, a, a trainer scratch. In the, I can't believe the they went that far with it. I mean, it was, like you said, it was blatantly obvious. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw the interviews with Rapoli and how he wanted to run. And, and he even whined about it <laughs> and, and on one of the interviews I saw, um, you know, acting as if they took the, the derby away from him. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, I believe so, too, that that was kind of unfair because it was a lot, you know, <laughs> such a precarious position for for the vet. Um and it seemed like almost by design that, you know, maybe the word was out for a reason. And, and that's why it was kind of to put that pressure on him. Yeah, it's and the, I have no comment on, on Rapoli's interview <laughs> because honestly, I didn't watch him. And I mean, it, that's that's Mike Rapoli. Yeah, no, I don't blame I him mean, either you because, know, you know, he wanted to run and I get it. You know, this happened to him back in what was it? Oh, three. Yeah, with uh, Uncle Mo. So I get it. You know, he wasn't like out of line by any means for feeling the way he felt, but the way it came off and and how everything was handled with the trainer scratch versus a vet scratch, it muddied the waters and kind of gave it a, a little awkward look, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. It it, it was, and that, that's why I put the tweet out there yesterday. I was like, I don't understand how. A horse that was vet scratch could possibly be on because I have heard lots of stuff from trainers over the last year or so about <laughs> uh, regulatory vets being overzealous and scratching horses that were sound and putting horses on the vets list that really have no issue. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the, the trouble with rescheduling workouts with them to make sure that they're going to be there on a particular day. Uh, I mean, and there's a lot of, it sounds easy, right? It sounds, Oh, you just make a schedule and this and that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, what if it rains that day and the track is off or for two days? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, what if the horse coughs the morning is you're supposed to work. <laughs> then you're like, oh, you know, should I work? Dang it. Was, did he cough because he just coughed, or is he cough because he's sick? I mean, there's a, there's a million things. The worst, I, I always said that was the worst sound you could hear as a trainer was a cough, because you weren't always sure if the horse just choked on a little bit of hay, or <clears> if <throat> you know they actually are sick or or what. Um, it's just, uh, and, and believe me, I've, I've heard a lot of complaints about. You get put in in uh, what's called, you know, regulatory vet list hell because, <laughs> um, and there's there's a lot of misconceptions out there. If you're on a if you're on a, a vets list, and this is 2023 now, if you're on a vets list in Kentucky, you're on the vets list in Maryland. They're not gonna, you know, I've seen people say, well, Maryland doesn't have to. Well. They kind of do. They're all <laughs> reciprocal now. Um, they they may do things different, but this is, we're talking about a horse in the Triple Crown race. The vets of Maryland certainly aren't going to say, "Oh, 
we don't care about Kentucky. They're, they're going to do that. I mean, it's not like they're just going to say, well, hey, you know, it happened somewhere else, so we're, we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Um, that's not exactly true anymore. Maybe in, in some Hoboken, uh, you know, Idaho or someplace you might get away with it, but, but you're not going to, in the major circuits, they're just not, you're just not going to be able to do it anymore. Um, there's a misconception that the horse was, was lame. He sure didn't look lame to me. I mean, lame is lame and lame is off. Um, if there was some lameness there, it was very, very minute. So, you know, that, that's another thing. I don't think Rapoli and Pletcher were, were out of line trying to run the horse, especially if, if it really was just a foot bruise. I mean, a foot bruise is, you know, a, a severe foot bruise, a deep foot bruise can be, um, can be really painful. I mean, but the horse wouldn't be jogging sound. He would be blimping if he had a really bad issue like that. So I think that that's been misconstrued and, and those guys have been put under uh, a light that really, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of ridiculous to think that they would risk running a horse that wouldn't, uh, that was unsafe and in a race. I, I just, with, with the public scrutiny, with people with cameras, I just don't see that happen. Um. There's just so many other things to unpack around this. Huh. That, uh, you know, a, a lot of the the coverage was just been, and this is this is listen. There's people in this business that caused this, that caused this this to, to be like this. This attitude that you know, oh my God, we need, we need something. We need legislation. <clears throat> Kentucky operates under the highest of protocols. I hate to I hate to burst everybody's bubbles. But they were already doing what they would do in Haiza. You cannot stop horses from breaking down. You cannot. Just like you can't stop cars from having accidents. Correct. No matter how safe the car is. It was so funny. It's never going to be zero. And that doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean that we like it. It sucks. It's the worst thing that you possibly could go through when you have a horse in your care. The worst thing that could, ha- could happen. But it, you know what's funny about that is I saw someone on Twitter who is a staunch pro Hissa advocate, more or less cursing Churchill Downs for the decision to, to scratch Forte. And I was like, <laughs> I had to laugh because it was like this, this guy doesn't know anything except for what, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that's selective. It's all good until, you know, it's, it's your turn or you're have to deal with that sort of thing. Um, it, it, that, that's a huge problem and a huge reason why we're in this situation because there was no communication about the rules anyway. And, and, you know, some people know them, some people don't, I I guess the right people know them, but the public doesn't. And then you get these wild conspiracies and, Oh, they should have did this, should have did that. And it's, it's just, it just runs wild. And then, you know, we see things on CNN every day. (laughs) 
if you look, there was seven fatalities. <clears throat> One of them was a horse who flipped in the paddock. Two mm-hmm. of them were uh, heart attacks. Well, more to say on that. A little while. Yeah. Um, that you can't blame that on the track surface. You can't blame a horse flipping in the paddock on the track surface. <laughs> one of them was on the turf. <laughs> um, I think one of them was in in, in uh, one of the, the races, the cheap races on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, it it just gets to be where everything gets misconstrued. Oh, the track must have a problem, and a lot of those unfortunate incidents had nothing to do with the racetrack. And this is the this is the this is what we've been talking about on this show for what I'm going to four years. Now. Yeah, about four years now. <laughs> it's a perceived problem. There's a perception problem, and that's the thing. And I'm not saying that that horses dying is is a good thing or a bad. It, it's terrible, but it's about timing more than anything. And that's the thing that, that racing can't control. No matter what rules you put in, no matter what standards you put in. If these kind of things happen on your biggest days, and then you have a month where not a single thing happens, you don't get credit for the month because it's a perception problem. And that is what I've been arguing about for so long with these rules that put common sense rules in. Just putting drastic rule changes to, that, that hurts people and doesn't really help horses is not going to, to change anything. There's not a single person that I saw this weekend anywhere on Twitter, on, on TV, on anywhere that said a word about jockeys' strikes. Not once. Whip strikes. Not once. Not one time. <clears throat> You know why? Not because they put a rule in, but because no one's talking about it, because they moved on to something else. And if there was a race where a jockey had, had hit the horse 12 times and the horse had went from the one path to the eight path and herded him out, they'd be talking about it. And that's the thing, is that when you have perception problems, you have to change the perception, and I don't see how racing does that because, like, like I said, we could put all the rules in as strict. We could X-ray and scan every single horse. If a horse clips heels going down the backside, and and six horses go over the top of them, and horses fly all over the place, and jockeys fly all over the place, and God forbid someone gets hurt really bad, the the pub the general public. They're not going to differentiate that between, you know, they're going to see accident. They're going to see a dead horse. They're going to see a big shit, a dead person. So when, like, like, you know, this made me think of it is, you know, when's the last time a horse kind of broke down like that? And they, I can remember it was the Preakness in Barbaro in 06, right? Yeah, 06. And, and the, the part about that is the perception was everybody felt bad. And they rallied around the horse for support and things like that. Imagine that in 2023, if that happened, let's say the Preakness again. I mean, it would be a totally different reaction. Totally different. 
it would end the game, I think. <laughs> it's it's just uh, you know we're getting into this these uncharted <clears throat> waters that there just doesn't look like there's any way to turn it around. Well, it's like not gonna, and this is you know we, shit, I mean I'm sick of talking about it, but Heist is not gonna change this. Like you might try to change perception by saying, "Oh, we have new regulations and we do this and that." Well, what if you have a horse like you just said, go down in the Preakness or go down uh, in the Belmont or in any big race, any big race? Like we have done as an industry. Uh, a pretty good job of getting attention on our big event days. The Breeders' Cup's got a lot of coverage. May not be the coverage we wanted, but it's still it, it, there's a lot of coverage. Um, the Triple Crown races, NBC does. Um, you know they they do uh, a number of races. Fox has a ton of of coverage, uh, especially for the big days. And we get more more eyes on them than obviously than than the other days. Well, if we have a bad breakdown on any of those days, it's going to lead to evening news, and that's a damn tough way to um, you know to have to have to survive. Yeah, like walking on eggshells. I mean, what you know? It's it's so tough. I mean, I I even said it to you earlier when I texted you earlier. I was like, "This is the most somber feeling I've ever had after a Kentucky Derby weekend," and I made quite a bit of money this weekend too. Um. It's it's just I, I don't know things just seem like in limbo and it's not it's unsettling to me. And you know what stands out to me, Barry? <clears throat> the lack of leadership in this sport, and that there's no one to go to. There's no one out there that's saying, "Hey, listen." We have a lot of issues, a lot of perception issues, a lot of real issues, a lot of things that we, we really need to do. We need to come together and we need to figure this shit out or we're not going to be around anymore. Yep. No one does that. Everyone, you know what they do? They point fingers. Point finger. Two weeks ago, we were talking about a bad track in Maryland. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, the track pointed fingers at the trainers. The trainers pointed fingers at the track man. I mean, that was two weeks ago. Yeah. How many cards did they cancel? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so I don't want to hear about, oh, well, you know, blah, blah. Bullshit. There's no freaking leadership in this business. None. A bunch of people collecting checks and another bunch of people who are so checked out that they don't know what planet they live on. They want to go back to a time that never existed. And that's really going to be the downfall of racing more than anything. The fact that the tracks don't want to be racetracks and that there's just absolutely no leadership. Nobody's willing to get up 
and 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 take a stand and say, you know what, we really need to to discuss these things in a frank manner and give in. No one is right a hundred percent. No one. It's not even close. It's not even close. But again, we we've got to go through the same nonsense. This people, some of these bros that you know that, that live in the uh, this this you know the the bros the guys that wear bow ties and shit, and, and they think that like this thing is oh because it's always been. Wake up, man! Wake up! And just think, we haven't even touched on the <laughs> the Safi coverage yet. Exactly. We haven't even got there yet. Exactly. It's it's like you said. It's disheartening. It's disheartening, and I don't. I feel no vindication being right about this shit. I said to Steve Bick the other day. We had a conversation about some of the stuff, and he said, "You know, you you were saying that." I said, "I know, I was saying it 15 years ago." I mean, I had heard <laughs> through, through from a couple people this weekend that that they should have had a blood drive. There was so many horses bleeding after stake races, but no, you know. Lasix. We don't have Lasix anymore. Imagine that. No Lasix in hell. There's still all these problems. I guess it wasn't the Lasix, was it, guys? <laughs> and they're desperate to get rid of it in regular races. I mean, and that's the thing is is the people that want are anti Lasix are idiots. I saw a they're vet freaking say idiots. About that. This this is it's perfect proof that that did nothing. Nothing. It's done nothing but hurt the business. Ask the owners that have have little horses that bleed how they feel. Everyone's afraid to say anything because of retribution is real. But I mean, it's just stupid at this point. You were wrong. Period. You were wrong. And if you force all horses to not have Lasix, then you know what you're going to do? You're just going to hurt the business more. It's not helping anybody. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. All that stuff you think you know about the breed. You know, I got, I got two words for you. Sharp as Azteca. <laughs> I, hear, I see people... Oh, well, there's breeders breeding for speed. Well, what should they breed for? Slow horses? <laughs> oh, they should breed for stamina. Well, okay, great. What races do we have do you need stamina? How many races do we have now? On the Maybe dirt? three. They're a mile and a quarter and, or further. We have, a what, handful. Derby, the Breeders' Cup Classic. And that one at Parks else. is like a mile and a half. Yeah, which is the, like, it's a Suburban, park, right? The Suburban. Yeah, and the Suburban, there's, yeah, right. There's one out west. And yeah, that's so, so, pretty much it. So, uh, the, the sanity of handicap, right? Mm. So, so what? why would anyone breed for stamina? Well, how many Philly races? There's the, the Alabama. And, uh, well, that, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, I mean, 
you can't just change one thing. And because no one will work together, and we've been bitching about the greatest stakes and the, the, the debacle that it's become because the schedule is terrible, because everyone just runs whenever they want, and the formulas don't work anymore because the horses rarely run. You can't just change one thing. And think that, oh, well, you know, breeders got to breed for stamina now. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you get, you get a lot of slow horses. You got nowhere to run. That, that's why the, the Breeders' Cup Marathon was always a bad idea. Not because it wouldn't be nice to have a race uh, at a marathon distance, but there's no supporting level races. There's no allowance races. There's no maiden races. I see a Churchill does run a couple mile and a quarter allowance races now and maiden races once in a while. But for the most part, there's no way to to develop a horse into one of those horses because there's no races. I mean, invariably, they wind up being filled with starter horses or uh, like sea level horses uh, that, that you're just hoping can, you know, go that far and hang on. That's what those races became. Um, and it, it just was a, a, a way they tried to, to just skip to the, the Breeders' Cup immediately. <laughs> right. You know, you had a, I, I got an argument with Steve asking about this on, on Big Show at least a dozen years ago. I go, Steve, there's no races leading up to it. The parks race and this, there's like, you know, it's, it's like there's, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a breeders' cup race for a class that doesn't exist. We don't have a, this, have, uh, excuse me, a, a marathon division on the dirt in this country because we barely have any races. But that's so typical of the whole industry. Uh, it's it's what it's what everyone does. They want they want to get to a point, but they don't want to build up to it. I'm just. Uh... As far as the heart attack horses, uh, the odds of that happening in natural cause is about 12 zillion to one. And I don't know of any feed toxic or <laughs> hay toxicity that, that's going to cause that to happen. <laughs> that ain't Jimson weed, man. <laughs> I, I just I don't want to say anything else. The guy, you know what? He got what he deserved. He deserves a lot worse. And then if he doesn't care, if he doesn't like it, anyone else like it, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, what boggled my mind was the people that were kind of asking for transparency. And and mind you, it was people that were screaming about him doing whatever um, at Gulfstream and all over the place. Whenever his horses won, they were, oh, he's a cheater. He did this. He did that. And then when actually I'm going to commend CDI for doing the right thing there, you know, um, they actually did something correctly. And then people are like, well, where's the transparency? Well, I, I like, like it when people need it. I mean, it, you got two horses, unexplained deaths, drop dead, not injured. Yeah, it was just a common sense thing to do. And then they could find out later, whatever, you know, and, and, and go gonna, from there. They're, but they're probably they're not, not going to. Anything. Right. They're not going to. They're not going to find anything. Right. 
I can guarantee you that. I mean, I'm almost assuredly that they're not going to find what happened. But whatever. I mean, he got banned, and that's the way it goes. Right. I just funny. I think it's funny that people say, "Oh, it's a double standard." <laughs> let me just explain something to you about horse what? racing, and, and, and let me let me just explain a little to you about horse racing and most of life. Double standards are like the norm, common, right? Right. And in horse racing, we're at, we're on to like the quadruple standard. <laughs> You know, when you're a trainer and you go to ask for two extra stalls and they, they act like, you, you know, you, you insulted them. And then uh, the you know, the other trainers, the big trainer, they ask for, for 20 stalls and they move yeah, everybody around. To, to, they can't wait till they, they help those guys out. Oh, no, there's no double standard. Please. Please. But, um, I mean, listen, I... I it always made me a little queasy that the tracks would, you know, had the ability to just toss you for no real reason. But two two horses and dying—that's a pretty good. That's reason. a good reason. And then remember one thing about indefinite: indefinite is indefinite. It doesn't mean it's going to be two years or five years or ten years. It might be three months. It's, but consequences, my friend, consequences. Um, and of course it just leads to more, you know, unexplainable, uh, incidences because I mean, if I'm stronic, I'm telling, I'm telling him, listen, buddy, you, you just stay away from Pimlico next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Any entries you're thinking about making don't. Yeah. No crap. We got enough. We have enough controversy already. Just stay away. Yeah, you know, there's you'll be all right. Just just stay down there in Miami and don't say too much. Um but uh, I mean get to get to where I'm at a loss to say things. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so much going on. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the race. <clears throat> I know. I felt I felt really good for those guys. I mean, you know, the thing that really sucks is that it's a great story. I mean, it's like a really great story. It has so many different elements to it where, you know, these young guys are, are doing their thing and they're out there hustling and, and, and trying to, you know, to, to get a horse like that. And they find one that they fall in love with and they go way over budget <laughs> to buy the horse and then scramble to find partners. And you have Gustavo Delgado who came over here and he's, he's always believed in himself and he's always, I mean, he takes pieces of all these horses and, you know, that to me is the ultimate sign for a trainer. Um, of, of I have the, the utmost respect for trainers that'll take a piece of the horses. They're not just, you know, I mean, they're 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 in on it, right? You know, they're not just training the horse for another guy. They're they're they they, they live and die with it anyways. But still, um, and he did it his way. You know, he had the slow works, and 
you know, the, the longer stamina, trying to build stamina in a horse that was lightly raced. Um, and he did, and he did it and pulled it off. I mean, I, I even put it on Twitter <clears throat> on Saturday night, you know, like props to, to Gustavo Delgado for having that horse ready with that, you know, light of a, of a racing, um, you know, experience to have him fit and ready to run the race that he did on the day that he did. That's, that's great training. And I know a lot of people um, don't really know how difficult it really is to do that, but to have a horse fit enough to run the, not, not only just to win the derby, but to run the race he won, that he ran, um, that that is a, a a monumentally hard task. It really, really is, and uh, never been you know, done before. And you know you have the um, you know the element of of, of Castellano, <laughs> who's you know the former top dog eight nine years ago. Castellano was the top guy. Not Iran, yeah, he got the key to the Hallandale Hallandale Beach. He, yeah. He's got the key to the city. Yeah, I, I, I remember, remember that. You, now you got the key to the city. Can you do something about the traffic? Um, Negatory. No, it's gotten worse. All right, US um, one is the worst. No, US one and Hallandale Beach Boulevard is no is no place. No picnic either. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know Castellano, you know he had some physical issues with his hip. He had to have surgery, missed some time, and he came back and was a little slow when he came back. And uh, you know this was kind of the. The big hole in his resume, no derby, and I mean he, he's he's not like it's not like he's done, but I mean he's in his mid forties now. He's he's not in in the prime of his career. He's on the other side, and you never know when you're going to get another chance to ride uh, a, a big you know a horse to win this, this kind of race because. I mean, the way it's going, if you don't ride regular for one of two or three other trainers, then, hell, you might not even get a chance. Well, and he got, he kind of lucked into this mount anyway. Yeah, right. I mean, Saez <clears throat> chose, chose off of him, um, which, I mean, it, 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 he went to what, the second favorite, right? So, yeah. It wasn't like he was doing something, you know, they screwed up. I mean, I guess you could say they screwed up, but still, I mean, uh, <laughs> pretty much everyone would have made the same choice prior to the race. So, um, and it, the interesting thing was Castellano was originally named on on Ray's cane. That's right. And then had to had to do the, the spin zone. The spin. But uh, but still, it was it was a good race. Uh, I mean, the horse overcame his his kryptonite which is the start you know one thing that that i did have the notion now i sh- i showed you my my pick four ticket um <clears throat> and the reason i ended up putting mage on it was after the defections i thought the race got easier for him mm-hmm. not the fact that the race was easier but it got easier for him because those two horses, the ones I'm thinking, the, the California horses specifically, were probably going to try to vie for the spot that he ended up being in. Skinner, with, for sure. Yes. 
and and I thought, you know, it it, it took me a while to catch on to that because, you know, um, I was I was definitely on uh, Derma, and I was on Practical Move. Once he went out, I wasn't really confident of who else I could use, and I didn't think that Derma was a single because of all the factors involved in him coming over, you know, the outside post. There was a lot of things that that could negate anything that he would be good at. So <clears throat> I had the notion that Mage was the biggest benefactor of all the scratches, and that's the only two I had ended up using on the ticket. And I and I chose right for a change and it ended up being good, <laughs> but it was like you said. This is a fantastic story, top to bottom. The race was a great race. Um, you know, two fills ran his eyeballs out. Surprise, surprise. Um, you know, it, and it's just, and and it was really lame that a lot of the the press releases and and, and articles after were lamenting about how you know forte didn't get a fair chance and all this other stuff and that was that was very very low brow yeah the the ludicrous asterisk thing from rick yeah. i mean come on come on man that's that's that that's that's just that's just lame man but uh yeah i i really i sent a private message to Ramiro and I said, <clears throat> one of the things I said was you know I'm just sorry that you guys have you know all this other stuff is kind of bled into your in, into your celebration you know I mean not that they don't feel great anyways but um, you know when you read about the lead and, and all these these stories is Right, whether it's the injuries, bunch of of horses died, Churchill Downs, nobody knows what to do about it. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, Mage won the Derby. Yeah, it was so lame, man. So lame, uh, it really was. And you know, it it just but that that, you can't expect anything different from the mainstream media because that's what sells. That is far more what people are likely to click on than they are to click on uh, a nice, you know, a, a really like I said, great story um, about a bunch of good guys doing something that they'll they'll never forget the rest of their life, and it's it's just us as a society. Um, unfortunately, we dwell on the bad a lot more than uh, than we appreciate the good. So. Well, I mean, just think about it. Look at my voice right now. Yeah, that's how excited I was. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. Are we gonna Are we gonna release the video? Or, or I think what? I'm gonna release the video. I think I am. We'll We'll see. We'll We'll leave it up to the public. Whoever listens to this show, uh, you know, make it known when we When we release this show, when, when, if when they want to see it. When, when I put the the show, well, excuse me. When I When I post this <clears throat> uh, tape uh, podcast, I'm having trouble with my words tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, when I put it on social media, we'll put a poll up. And, and I guarantee you it's going to be like 94% is going to want to see the, the video. Well, let's do it. Let's see. Let's see what the what the people want. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I still don't have any idea why, why uh, Talk of the Nation was scratched. Yeah, what was up with that? I, I, I was like, that was that was like one of my big bets of the day. That and I was, was like, what? That, that that was one of the most bizarre scenarios. And, and as far as I know, there hasn't been a single word written about it anywhere. Yeah, he was there and then he wasn't. And that's that's all I knew. And I was like, well, how did what? And then the race was going. And I was like, oh, shit. It, it, it was like the most bizarre thing. <clears throat> I look up because I, 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 you know, I'm at the. I was at the Saratoga Harness Track. Yeah, because um, you text me. You're like, did he scratch? <laughs> and, and I was like, what? How, where? What happened? Where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I looked at my ADW and I, I was, I was, I was checking the um, the will pays, and all of a sudden he he, he wasn't on there anymore, and I was like. <laughs> What happened? And I, I said to the guy, I was with my friend, the great Howard Dewey, uh, comedian ex- extraordinaire, <laughs> stand up. If you see Howie Dewey, go see him. Well, I should say, if you see his name and lights at, at your local comedy, should... does he do horse racing comedy? Uh, or is that very, the jokes well. just write themselves for that? Yes. I'm going to tell you this funny story about Howard Dewey. Howard Dewey played for Hoosick Falls, which is uh, kind of a, a local rivalry of, of Spock Catholic that I played for. And we actually lost to them in the uh, semifinals in the States, the state tournament. And the funny thing was, like, he wound up be- becoming our, me and the mayor and a bunch of us, becoming our friend because he played with, uh, in the summer leagues with us. And he worked at, he got a job working at the track as a porter. <laughs> and him and another friend of ours, Steve Cherry, they, they used to work as porters. And, and what they would do is they, they uh, were in charge of uh, changing the, uh, the taps, the beer taps at the, heart, at the Saratoga the flat jack in the summertime. So at the various bars, you know, there's a million bars. Well, what they would do is they'd go grab them when they were about, you know, three quarters empty. <laughs> and then they they put all the ones that, that still had beer in them, like, off to the side. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. So those are the, those are the ones after, after the races we, we bring – We'd, we'd bring to the to the house for the party, and then uh, they'd bring them back empty the next day. Um, so thank you, Naira, for sponsoring our our beer when uh, when we were seventeen. But um, but anyways, I said to him, I said, "Did something happen to the four? Like, what, like, like, did I miss something? You know, like, did they did they put up an out? Did they put up anything? Like, no, I don't know what happened." It was it was the damnedest thing, and as far as not, you know, like it, it wasn't even reported on anywhere. I don't think it was just just that he was scratched. Uh, a lot of people today talking about changing the um, <clears throat> changing the um, oh the length of time between yeah. uh, the. Derby and Preakness. An extra week wouldn't kill anybody. <laughs> three weeks between the Preakness, three weeks between the Belmont. That's perfect to me. I, I like the three weeks and three weeks, to be honest with you. I mean, because you're still asking horses to do 
Tough. Like people li- like the challenge of the Triple Crown, and I get that, you know. But two weeks, make it three weeks. And I think one of the things that the undercard races are are going to be uh, affected as well. And <clears throat> I just think the, if if you have it a month between, um. It just really screws up a lot of the stake schedule, and, and we already talked about the stake schedule being screwed up. But it, this would really make it tough because it's really hard to ask people that are running in Grade One races um, that currently run in the Churchill undercard races and the, the Kentucky Oaks undercard races, and then run back at Belmont five weeks later. Uh, when you're running in Grade One races for huge purses. To run at the Pimlico races that don't have huge purses and don't have grades, a lot of them don't even have grades or grade threes, you're just not going to get that participation. And all of a sudden, you're going to either take away from the cards or you're going to have these horses sit out two months. And that's not going to be beneficial to anyone. It's not just the Triple Crown races. I mean, think about the two-day events that are built around the Triple Crown races now and all the other stakes. Um, you know, if you, you're, you if you push the Belmont into July... Oh, no. Uh-uh. You know, it, 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 it affects Saratoga. It, then it affects Saratoga because then the first um, two weeks of Saratoga, all the undercard races from the Belmont would would have just been run. And three weeks between would, would seem like it made a lot more sense because it's it's still, you know, m- these days, there's not a lot of horses run back in three weeks, especially take horses. Right. So the fact that it's still asking them to do a little bit, uh, something out of the norm, and you're still maintaining that uh, May-June schedule without really – you know, bleeding into everything else. I mean, to me, that that's that's a decent solution. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? Well, that's the one thing that bothers me, and I've I've been saying this from the get go. Um, that this this industry is just resistant to adaptation and change, and it's and it's you know. And the funny thing is, it's not even that that out of the norm because a lot of the early Triple Crown races were on different schedules. Well, you know, it's funny that the traditionalists complain about a lot, and I would consider us traditionalists. But the the cold hard reality is that literally nothing about horse racing is the same as it was. Right, not even close. Ago. I mean, but we, we operate even... on that level. That's we almost don't even hard. have handicap races, right? Um, you know, horses start later than they ever did, which, of course, is is probably one of the reasons why we have soundness issues. But no one wants to see it that way. So, the, what do they do? They they keep starting them later and later. Um, but that's a whole other discussion for for another time. But nothing is the same as it was everything has changed and it hasn't been for a long time yeah so i I don't i don't know why uh i mean we kind of delved into it a little bit when we remembered the the how people freaked out during the pandemic when they made the belmont a mile and a quarter (laughs) 
because no one had been like racing because you know we had a freaking global pandemic and i i was taken aback by the the, the sheer volume of people who were completely unreasonable about that outraged i mean it was it was like like you know I, it just was crazy it was like you said it's like outrage like and I don't know how they're going to be when, when next year at Saratoga when they run the Belmont and it's a mile three eighths. I don't think they can run a mile and a half at Saratoga on the main track without starting it literally halfway on the turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're going to be upset. I just don't see how they can do it. Um, the circumference of the track is nine furlongs. The Belmont is 12 furlongs. If you go three furlongs back from the, the finish line, you are on the turn. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless they build straight away, which is impossible. Uh, I mean, they well, yeah, but if you build a straight away, the, there's, the there's a road there. Right. There'd be a street. <laughs> it, it's just, it's not going to work. It, you know, it's one thing Santa Anita crosses the dirt track. It'd be another thing if you if you crossed Union Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we almost got hit. So yeah, I guess. Unless, unless they built a ramp and they ran down the hill. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a controversy for another day. But uh, uh, Belmont starts this weekend. <laughs> Hey, so, or, excuse me. Belmont started last weekend. Starts this weekend. <laughs> no, I think you had it right. Yeah, this weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty gruesome. <clears throat> no offense, Belmont people, but that was not a great weekend. Not what we were hoping for, but you know what are you gonna do? <sighs> Just not enough horses. Um, well, good night. I'll have lost. I predicted that, but somehow or another, it didn't really benefit financially that well from it. I kind of passed that race for a lot of reasons. Um, but I was entertained. I have to say that. I mean, I'm sure my tweets spoke for themselves, but I, I, I thought it was, it was an entertaining race, um, considering, you know, um, you got race road and, and he did a good job of it. And then the next race, fluffy sucks gets the job done in the fist pump. I thought, I thought that was great. All yeah. I, I read, got, I read and then came back and hit him. Bang. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, that is true. But that's that's great. I mean, that's the stuff we want to see. That's the stuff we should be talking about. And that's race riding. That's what race Right, riding. that's race riding. Race that's... riding isn't hurting and, and putting nope. horses in, in dangerous positions. It, it, it's maintaining your position and, and, you know, not letting the guy out of the hole, which we see a lot happen. Uh, we see a lot <clears throat> of times they let him go. He did it, and he got second for doing it. Yeah, yeah, right. And and it was a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar race, right? Grade one races. It wasn't an insignificant amount of money. You know, people sometimes forget about that. That's a significant amount of money that the, the between the second and third, between second and third. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's a 
that's a big that's a big ticket, man. It's a big ticket item. But uh, that was that was kind of. Uh, uh, I didn't see a lot of uh, a lot of tears shed for for Iran in that situation. But like you said, he came right back, and and uh, he came right back in the next race and got you. you well, you like that one, fluffy socks. Oh yeah, I love that one a lot. <laughs> oh man, I had two questions about that race. Number one, Sharp Hero, the one horse that was coming out of the sprints. <laughs> what were you doing? Like, what, what was the point of, of... What was the plan? <laughs> yeah, like, what was the plan there? Um, and the other was uh, Joel Rosario on, uh, on Wakanaka. Yeah, he thought they were going around twice. <laughs> like, what, is, what has happened to Rosario, man? I don't know. He's he's off. There's some. I mean, I haven't seen him this. Like I remember because I, I, you know, I had that big score on Bobby's kitten. Um, in the 2014 Breeders' Cup sprint, turf sprint. After that day, he went on a horrific slump. He couldn't win. Um, I think it was about six months. So from November to April, and then he was kind of back to normal. He's been in this prolonged funk for, it seems like another six months. I mean, he was doing great at Saratoga. Remember, he was winning like every state. Yeah. And then the the winter came and he's. Well, more like goddess came. Yeah. And And after that, it was just, it's been downhill. (laughs) Man. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, like, this guy's riding bad, this guy's not. Because a lot of times people think of guys riding bad, and they're just not riding. Right. You know, uh, not catching breaks here and there. Right. All right. I mean, but, I mean, he's just been just just off. Bad. Just off. Um, I thought there was kind of an interesting race the opening day of Derby Day. um, Federal judge. Kind of held off extra anejo. <laughs> looked like the super fast. Uh, look, look, you know. I don't, I didn't see what the figure is, but I'm sure it's it's good. And and I, I would assume that those horses will be soon headed to a stakes competition. Uh, maybe we'll see Federal Judge and the Woody Stevens on Belmont Day. Yeah, the rail wasn't particularly that great. No, it was not. It was not. So I, I guess that may or may not have played into it, but got beat on square. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and the race, the uh, the distaff, um, the distaff mile this year was not a strong field. That was, that was really kind of a disappointing race altogether, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah, that wasn't that great. No. <laughs> Um, I couldn't have come up with no balls in the uh, the sp- turf sprint if I and you know me I don't like turf sprints but this is why because I, I just I, I mean I don't know how you could use that horse if you were handicapping it no because he didn't project to be lone speed and he just popped the gate and nobody ran yeah <laughs> that was really it he had you no know. form no, 
because I bet against him last time. He, yeah. You know, he got uh, it was the uh, front run the Fed race. Yeah, we came out of, and <clears throat> he didn't show that kind of speed that day either. So, nope, it was it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a little bit unexpected. Um, the Pat Day Mile, I outdueled you down the stretch. He did. He did. General Jim, who uh, who I thought was a was a generous five to one. I yeah, he definitely was. I, I like that horse too. Um, you know, I I just wished he kind of ended up still on the Derby Trail. I, I just have no idea why people bet Kangaroo Court. Like, what what are you thinking? <laughs> a palbred <laughs> sprinter by Dad Dad's cap a mile from post one. Like, <clears throat> like what? Steam. Steam, man, the steam. Because I was good. hearing it earlier in the week too, and I was like, "Why?" Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all, at all. I thought he was going to be a rabbit. I, I, I just thought he was just going to. He's he was just there to put pace into the race. That's it. Yeah. And then he ends up. He was the favorite, wasn't he, or his second choice? He was the favorite. He was yeah. four to one, but he was still the favorite. <laughs> Which was which was really kind of crazy. I know one thing though: the the Steve Asmussen two year olds, the vaunted two year olds from last year, have not really showed out. I mean, extra extra, what's his name? I guess he was really the fall, extra Anejo, but all yeah. those two year olds that that won uh, <clears throat> at Saratoga last year, man, most of them haven't panned out that well. Yeah, I felt that way about Tappet Trice too. I was like, "How how is this horse second choice?" Yeah. I mean, you know, all the signs were pointing to him a not breaking bad, which he did, and he was just going to get a, a crappy trip. And he he honestly didn't run all that bad, considering. But that just wasn't the race for him. No. That's how. That's why I felt all weekend. It was funny. I saw, I saw Jerry Bailey. He was trashing him all, all week from Wednesday to Friday, and then on Saturday he picked him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's got problems going on. You know, he has to be outside, but he keeps coming. He, that was the only positive thing he said. He said he keeps coming, and I didn't think he was actually going to pick the horse, and he ended up picking him. You know, one of the great things about being at the track <clears throat> for these days is you don't have to listen to the TV people. Yeah, but you you overhear the the wackiest conversations in history. Uh, I thought the, the the American turf outside of the uh, the strange scratch of talk of the nation that still hasn't been. Uh, hasn't you know, been after that scratch, it made that race uneventful. It it, it just uh, it it really still was. I mean, that was one of the the few times. The one thing, and and one of the big reasons why we advocate that there should never be grade ones for derby preps is that you don't get you get just snippets of of the the class it the the best horses are divided all up you know there's all there's a ton of derby preps and you, you don't get everybody in the same race this was the rare occasion where literally everybody good every good three-year-old turf horse was in this race yeah and uh, I mean, the top, the top nine finished within four and a half lengths of each other. I mean, it's just uh, 
it's a really good division and and hopefully some of these horses can develop and and become good for five-year-olds because the american turf division on the older side is not good yeah it is not good. who knew the columbia stakes at tampa would bring that kind of heat yeah (laughs) yeah but uh cody's wish was good of course Man, that horse is nice. As, as usual. <laughs> never, I mean, never in doubt. I mean, all all Junior did was kind of open his hands a little bit. And he yeah. I remember, there was people kind of saying, you know, before the race, I don't know, speed's not that good. Bro. Or no, speed was great. Yeah, speed was good. You know, closers can't close. Well, apparently. Didn't good. matter. He was winning yeah. anyway. <laughs> Those people should have should have hung it up before race ten because Cody's wish came from way back and the winner of the Derby was sitting seventeenth uh, or fifteenth. Fifteenth, yeah. yeah. After a half mile, so the old uh, speed was great was not uh, ac- actually accurate. Um, I thought two fills ran great. I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, he moved a little early. It's the Kentucky Derby, man. Man, he 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 just got run down by a better horse. I just I think the same thing. I mean, you know, you could have said, well, he he could have waited a little more before he made his run. But nah, he, he, hey, he hit the lead. He hit the lead the right time. That, that's that's like uh, you know nitpicking. Yeah. Uh, Angel of Empire ran good. He was one we yeah. thought would run good. Disarm free and just ran out of real estate because he was disarm. You know, was kind of a uh, you know he was kind of a sneaky. <clears throat> Uh, you know, people kind of discounted him because he, he raced back on three weeks after bracing back on three weeks. But, you know, he was bred for the distance and uh, the, the race was going to set up for him. And it did. I mean, you know, this idea that the pace is not going to be fast. The pace is going to be fast in every single derby. Right. It's There's just going to be that way. You're gonna have olds. Especially, especially <sighs> when you have these, these kind of lightly raced horses. Right. And you have them drawn outside. Well, no one wants. No one's gonna say, "Well, hey, just break and, and just just hang out like you know twelve hours." <laughs> it's just it's just the way it's gonna be from now on. Uh, I thought Hitcho ran good. You know, he was. He was I thought ran really, 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 really well. He was one of the horses that was up close early. Um, yeah, he was well, never far back. He made a run, got to the outside, and kind of petered out as expected because he had he had to work to get to yeah. the position he got to and I, I thought he ran really good. I, I want I'm very, very interested to see how he comes out of this race because him, I, I him and uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh no, so him and two fills were really the only horses remotely close to the lead down the backside that, that survived. I mean yeah. the rest of the the rest of the pace early pace horses got beat a hundred lengths. Um I mean hit show to me just kind of the the luck of the draw, as they say, really yeah. did him in. Dermasota Gaki broke terrible bad, and and then really kind of. Uh, um, it was interesting comment uh, in the in the uh, chart was, uh, Brushgate toiled. Oh, that's a that's an interesting comment. I haven't seen that Scrabble one. words. Yeah, uh, Tapatrice doesn't like dirt in his face. <laughs> no Hello. kidding, we all knew that. Um, Ray's Kane ran. Ray's Kane ran the race I thought he would run. He would he got in. He was like mid pack and just stayed there like, <laughs> the whole way around. Didn't, yeah, didn't him, him and, and Rocket Can. Um, I think uh, who was it that I predicted to be ninth? 
It might have been Rocket Can. Did I predict Rocket Can to be ninth? I don't know. But he he kind of just did the same thing. He kind of ran around there. Sun Thunder really, you know, he was he was back. He never really made a run. Uh, Mandarin Hero was fighting that jock the whole yeah the whole time. He was fighting and then just he was done before the first turn. Uh, Reincarnate again. Pace uh, King Barn. Pace Cook. Pace Casualty. King Russell uh, really got. Was was like twelve wide throughout. Yeah, he was up against uh, it. Verifying it, you know, <clears throat> pace casualty. Jace's road. <laughs> he couldn't even get to the pace, and he was a pace casualty. And cyclone and cyclone. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the giant waste of time. He should have been in the Pat Day Mile, which he would have. He he might have won the Pat Day Mile. Right, I was gonna say he probably had a way better shot in that race. And and this is this is for the guys like Stevo, our guy. Um, these are the horses that shouldn't run in the Derby. The ones that got beat 55, 55 and a quarter, 54 and three quarters, 25, 25 and a quarter, 24 and a quarter. All those horses, I bet they wish they didn't run now. That's what I mean when I say, yeah, some horses, they're eligible for it, but they probably shouldn't do it. Probably shouldn't do it. But yeah, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate how grueling the Derby is. You know, it's it's a standalone race. It has a, a, a unique set of circumstances, context, what have you. And only the strong survive, like literally. Um, we'll see when we see half of this field next. Yeah, there was three horses beat more than 50 lengths. <laughs> It was five horses beat more than 20 lengths. Confidence game got beat 15 lengths. He kind of surprised me he was that close to the pace. Well, he's he hasn't run in, in, in ever a yeah. year and a half. <laughs> it just... Uh, it, you just, uh, I, I mean, you have to, you have to scratch your head because it's like, all right, how many times are you going to try this? And you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't. I mean, uh, recency is a thing. <laughs> that it is. That it is. Uh, well, we did find out on Friday that, um, um, Well, that that smile happy was using the Ark and the uh, the Oaklawn Mile as a, as a, uh, prep. As a prep for the Alishiva, <laughs> which was kind of my my thought process on, on 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 liking him. And then don't ask about how I bet the race because I'm a moron. But uh, <laughs> maybe yeah. one day we'll we'll talk about that when we retire from going in circles podcast. Okay. <laughs> We'll release the tapes on that one. It's very difficult when a six-horse race when the horses you like run one, two, and you don't have it. I mean, like, how do you <laughs> how do you screw that up? <laughs> uh, that was and and the exacta pays eighty-three bucks. Yeah, that was that was that surprised me. Like that was just that was that was brutal that was brutal on my my take and I, I i said to barry after the race i need a guy that like makes my bets for me 
I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> and my the other one that you know I made only I didn't make too many bets on on Friday. Um, the other one I liked was Heavenly Sunday because I picked him on the going in circles. Mm-hmm. And I was one race too soon, and I knew it after he lost at Keeneland. And I was mm-hmm. like, this, this guy's going to win next time out. Well, we did find out also that Ruffian uh, is not reincarnated in Money's Gold, as uh, she was defeated by Red. Oh, Carter don't even Lake. get me started with that ride. I didn't bet the race. I, I don't think, I think you're wrong on that. Larry, Larry's going to like this because we're going to disagree. Yeah. You you said that you didn't like Irad's ride, but I did not. Why did you not like it? Because I I think that with a horse like Money's Gold, speed is the weapon. When you try to slow a horse like that down, and you put others in the race, and you know this horse really didn't see any competition until Saturday or Friday. Never really saw anybody. Why would you want that to happen in the biggest race of this horse's career at that point? Just go. And if the horse loses that way, fine. But the horse ran faster the second quarter than she did the first quarter. I know. She went 22.67 the first quarter. The second quarter, she went 22.44. Psychologically. I mean, how fast? I think. How much faster do you want her to go? I, I want her to go. Just go. I mean, because they just snatch those horses' hearts right out of it. But I think and I've seen it happen before. Sometimes, but, I mean, you, you'd, you'd want her to shade 22 in the second quarter? I mean. I'd rather see that in the first quarter. Because you could have a, enough of a lead. And, and you know, I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't feel right because everybody was right there on her. And, and it looked like I read was kind of, and, and you brought this up too. That he kind of knew, and that's why he rode her that way. Yeah, and and that there's merit to that too. So you know, obviously we don't know the whole story. I mean, I they, they, they crawled home. I mean, they were yeah. tired, and 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 to her credit, she did she not fought back. And red carpet ladies, red carpet ready is a really good horse. Yeah, just, no, she, she didn't right. get beat by I, her. I think she just ran a little bit too far last race. I mean, it's weird that she's by Oscar performance. And she's out of a street sense mare, and she just wants a sprint. <laughs> but um, but she's a really good horse. She would run really good numbers before, and and yeah. because you know she got tired at Gulfstream in the in the race that went forty five to the half, and she was on the inside, which wasn't that great. And then you know they crawled home in that race. Uh, they went like a mile thirty seven that I think Darth Vader won. Um, you know, but she's a she's a tough customer. You know. Yeah, no, she's no slouch at all. Um, but I just felt that Irad could have, you know, kind of snatched, took the wind out of everybody else's sails if he if he kind of put that speed on display. But, you know, I don't know. We'll never know until she starts again. <laughs> yeah. And we may know. have seen the best of her already. You know, yeah, that's that's always true. that's always the, you know, a possibility. That... I mean, she she ran a gigantic number at Tampa. Um, thoroughbreds like a gigantic number like a number you do not see three-year-old phillies race run in the springtime like was it a ever. one huh was it a one i didn't check the thoroughbreds negative negative three quarters oh like yeah. yeah so but running that kind of number it's it, it just like you know we talked about uh, in the write-up 
for Sunday, one of the things that are Sunday, Saturday, I talked about <laughs> haughty um, in the mile, how she was a horse that always ran ninth, nine, 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 very consistent. Then she ran a five and three quarters at Saratoga in the race that they gave her the lead. Remember the race, uh, the Lake Placid and Chad Brown had four and uh, uh, Appleby had the one horse and Leah Giamardi had the other horse. And Leah's horse just wasn't good enough. And uh, App- Appleby's horse chased. But but, they, but Hardy got a, a super slow pace. And, you know, that you have to remember that the, the big numbers that are achieved through Under perfect. Optimal circumstances. Optimal, right. That, that Every time. Take those with a grain of salt because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always get optimal circumstances. And, and the difference, you know, for money's gold in this race was that uh, she had a horse named Red Carpet Ready, who's just as good as she is um, on her best day. And, you know, they don't give up the good horses. They don't, you can't break them. You know, that yeah. Is, I mean, I mean, look at money's gold. She came back. Yeah. She yeah. made that very, very tight despite, you know, not not uh, you know with her a plus fastball and I, and that was expected and that's another reason why I thought Irad wasn't as aggressive as I thought he should have been. Well, well, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go from there. I don't know, you know, what what the plan is, but I would imagine that the test is is in both of their, uh, you know, on both of their dance cards because that's a grade one. Um, it's it's one of the few grade ones for Phillies. Sprinting and uh, at Saratoga at seven ace and should be should be quite a race. So yeah, and they see them square up again. Yeah, um, there's 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 other races before that, um, but this is why the Acorn should be a seven ace race. Precisely, nah. like if there's any other case for it, this yeah. is it. The, the, this 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 race they should be. <laughs> they should have a rematch uh, on. <laughs> undercard of, of uh, Belmont Day on uh, in the Acorn, which should be 7 eighths, not a mile 16th. And Mischievous and all the other Phillies should be in the Mother Goose going a mile and an eighth on Belmont. They're actually on the, the day before Belmont. day before, yeah, Friday. Yeah. That, that should be done. Um, the La Trianne, I'll be honest, I, I, I bet against Secret Oath. I didn't like her. <clears throat> I didn't either. And I bet search results. And I thought search results would get the exact trip that she got. <laughs> I mean, down the backside, I was thinking to myself, this is yes. playing out perfectly. This horse is going to win. Four to one. I'll take it. Blah, blah, blah. I just hope Secret Oath hangs. And, and I have virtually everyone else in the race. <clears throat> uh, and then she just wasn't good enough. Of course, she's coming off a layoff too, so I mean, that might have played a part in it. But still, um, played hard was coming off a layoff, and, and she got the job done. It was cool, kind of cool to see Phil Bauer um, win that race. Nice guy. He sent me a horse one time to run at Gulfstream for him, and uh, it was a Florida bred and one of those Florida stallion stakes. A two-year-old, and and she gets down to uh, Palm Meadows and she comes in and she has like 104 temperature. Oh, I was like, Oh my God, dude. 
I was like, man, <laughs> I, I hardly know this dude. I got to call him and say, uh, listen, man. <laughs> and then I was your horse, uh, not going to be able to race, but, uh, you know, you may be headed to the clinic. Um, but, uh, no, it was cool to see him win first, first grade one. And, um, I mean, no, she, she won a fair and square. I mean, I, I can't say anything to it. Society went to the lead. She just stalked her and, you know, pounced society completely fell apart. I think everybody knew that was going to happen. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't like her at all, yeah. but, um, yes, played hard. <clears throat> she surprised me. She was, she was good. Really good. Yeah, she she hung in tough. She dug in when when Secret Oath got next to her. Yeah, that was a good race. Yeah, it was. I, I bet the alleys look in the in the oaks at thirty to one at the top Ran of the well. stretch. At the top of the stretch, thought Javi had him, but he he actually rode her perfect. He gave her a great ride. Um, got her right in right position, right on the inside. Like drifted to the outside. He didn't like you know angle tall wide and um she just wasn't good enough but so what happened on the first turn because i couldn't see it um i know ray handles horse was involved and there was another one yeah one of the horses kind of like tried to bolt um yeah the lane camera angles on nbc couldn't catch it handles horse got the worst of it um i think uh i think Norm Cassie's horse was the horse that that did it, um, or maybe if affirmatively, I don't, I don't remember what well, South Lawn was. I think it was South Lawn. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, South Lawn tried to get out, which, which effectively just you know killed those horses' chances. Um, yeah, I think uh, wasn't Ray's horse eased? Uh, more or less. I mean, he got beat thirty. So botanical <laughs> that, that was that was one that we were firmly against, way against. Yeah, she was terrible on the dirt. I mean, I, I didn't understand people liking that horse because, you know, you're just throwing darts in, in, in some cases. She's never run on the dirt. And it wasn't like a situation like Two Phils. Two Phils had good dirt form. Right. He ran well on the poly or the synthetic or wherever it is, but he had good dirt form. I mean, this horse had zero form. And at six to one? <laughs> I mean, it just that was baffling to me that why why people were betting that horse. Um, it it, it really was surprising. Wet paint kind of did what we thought she would do. You know, she was one that we had tossed, and uh, she 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 got bet down. She was eight to five, and to me, you, you just can't bet those type of horses in those kind of races, and not at, at that price. I just I just can't see that. Um. You know, it's funny that, that a lot of the, the field ran kind of like we how we thought they would run. Yeah, it was pretty formful. I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Other than that little hiccup on the first turn. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's just uh, it just sucks. I'm just I'm just so tired of, of talking about the dysfunction of this stupid sport. I, I just wish we could just go back to talking about like you know, races like we just do. Yeah, races and without the nonsense <laughs> and stupid stuff like the Hall of Fame and you know what, just those kind of things. You know, it just is. Uh, it just tiresome to 
have to deal with uh, the same old problems, the same old issues, and, and the same people tisting everyone like they know better and they don't, and not offering any any actual um, you know, solutions, just a pie in the sky. Oh well, yeah, we'll do this, and nothing any any of those people have ever offered has ever worked, and it's just frustrating. It sucks. And and it's just killing the game, man. Right, and there's no the, the 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 even worse than that is there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no nobody stepping up to say, hey, we we're gonna do this to try to fix things. And this is just an afterthought at this point. I mean, a lot of those issues are far beyond their scope, or far too bad for them to fix, especially the perception problem. It's just it's just baffling to me, man. Just baffling to me. That we that they just screw up so badly. I mean some of this stuff is it, it's just remember in Rounders when uh, what's his name says this just this is <laughs> Worms. This is so easy for me. <laughs> I mean we see these problems and they can't fix them. And it, it's not like you have to f- and this is the thing that racing has always been terrible at. You need to fix the problems gradually. You, Why racetrack management never figured out that super trainers are the worst things in the world for them? Because they take away the power of their track. They become like the too big to fail banks that you got to bail out mm-hmm. all the time. Yes, and they, and they they eat everyone else up. They're like the the um you know they're Pac-Man. like the, Pac-Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they do. They go around eating everybody up, and when then when they get in trouble, they bail them do? out. They bail them out. That's that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you know, got guys got X amount of horses. Little by little, you have to chip away at their power. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it, it doesn't make anyone happy, you, you are killing yourself when you allow trainers to have issues. I mean, what are you going to do? And this is why I, I don't believe Heist is going to solve any problems. Right, because they're, because not, because they're not giving out every, stall applications or, or, or doling out stalls. And that's one of the ways to, to reduce that kind of thing. Exactly. It's not gonna it's not gonna change the the five horse, four horse fields. It's not gonna make the people the, the medium sized trainers uh, well again. And it's not gonna make the tracks care about racing any more than they do. If anything, it'll care less because it'll be more expensive for them. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have some sort of national program. We should, we always should have had. But it should be a good one. At the very least, put a, put a good one in, and a good one would require a whole lot more input than they're getting. And, and not just input from selected individuals, input from people who have a freaking clue. And, that, and that's the biggest mistake that we make on so many occasions. If you're running a track, here it is. Free advice for you guys, okay? Free advice. <clears throat> Simple. 
if your biggest trainer has 120 horses, then the next time you have stall applications, give him 100. And he'll bitch and he'll moan and you'll lose 20 horses. But you know what? It won't matter. Because you know what you'll do? You'll exert your authority that you're in charge, not him. And you know what you'll do? You'll send a message to everyone else. Everyone else will say, hey, wow. They, they actually, you know, we're back to a triple standard, not a quadruple standard anymore. <laughs> it's just simple stuff. They don't fill your races. They prevent you from filling races. Why is this difficult to understand? They they kill your middle class. Your middle class fills your races on Thursdays and Fridays and the first six on Saturdays. But if they're not around, how are you going to fill them? The simplest of things. And this stupid idea, oh, well, you can't tell owners... No one's telling owners who they can send their horses to. No, you can send them. Send them whoever you want. They're just not going to be here. They just can't get unlimited stalls. Right. It's a simple concept. And it doesn't matter if they're mad. What are they going to do? Leave? Let them. Let, let, let me explain this to you. If there's better opportunities somewhere else, they're going to leave anyways. Right. It's just so simple. And, and I don't get why nobody's got the the balls to, to do anything and it starts at the top but you have to tell the people at the top none of your trainers matter why, why don't people get that it doesn't matter who trains the horses there's no big names except Baffert and everybody shits on him <laughs> seriously the rest of those trainers are not big names in, in anywhere but horse racing circles <clears throat> true they don't make a difference the guys that were big names when you and I first got in this business are all dead that Lucas is... and he's half dead <laughs> I mean seriously like they come and they go it's just math man it's well, just maybe, math. Maybe that's the problem. They just don't know math. It's just math. And they don't know quality in the product they're, they're putting out there. Well, you, you get a big guy and, and, and you know, you, you, you put him out there and you put him on a pedestal and he wins all these races and he's a real funny guy. And, and next thing you know, he gets a couple pauses and then, uh, you know, your biggest track is uh, banning him and, 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 all hell has broken loose since then because nobody can explain to the general public anymore what exactly it is that we do in horse racing. Because Baffert's allowed somewhere and he's not allowed other places. And, you know, now this guy's not allowed and this other guy's allowed. But this guy does this and this guy does that. And then there's dead horses. And then blah, 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 blah. Uh, meanwhile, takeout's, like, stupid. Um, field sizes are smaller than ever. And everybody thinks some... Some some regulation is is gonna like fix everything. It's not any regulation, my friends. It's not regulation. That's like the purpose, perfect snapshot of the whole situation. You just summed it up. I mean, come on, man. And it goes back to what we said a couple weeks ago. 
I don't know how to fix the problem with the racetracks. I don't know how to get the racetracks to care about racing anymore. I really don't. I really don't. And that's at a a, a level of, um, you know, a bottom line level. When, when we are just not that important to their bottom line. And I'm not talking about Keeneland. Keeneland sells a billion dollars worth of horses. Yeah, they, they're into racing. Churchill's super into racing in the state of Pen- uh, of Kentucky. <laughs> Oaklawn, they're, they're into racing. They do well. Naira, they don't have much else other than race. You know, Naira's just got tracks. But everybody else? If you're a Churchill track outside of Kentucky... If you're a Strana Group track, if you are in New Mexico or Indiana or Arizona, Ohio, Arizona, well, Arizona, I don't even know what the hell. No one even knows if they're going to have tracks there. But if you're in Pennsylvania, like, you can't be real confident of, of what the hell's going on because the fact of the matter is the people that own the tracks would get rid of us if they could in, the, in those places. <clears throat> And we're not doing ourselves any favors by allowing the, the narratives to be dead horses. That's why you have to build up everything else. You have to build the game. You have to grow the game. You contract the game. It just contracts forever. It never stops contracting until it's dead. This ridiculous idea that this game needs to get smaller is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. And I've heard a lot of stupid stuff. It doesn't matter if we have six tracks in, to run in this country. You don't think that a horse could, could, could still, you know, break down and, and, and under those circumstances. Right. That's not going to change. There's strength in numbers. <clears throat> but again, there's no leadership. And that's the thing that, that really aggravates me to, to no end. You know, there's just no leadership in this business. Not, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know, like... I mean, I'm out of suggestions. Well, like you said, the low-hanging fruit. Snatch that up. Stalls. Simple. I guess. Start somewhere. Do something. To... You know, we'll have a committee. I'm sure. I'm sure a committee will be formed. <laughs> I'm sure a committee will be formed, and the people that, that maybe need to be on it won't be. So, because we don't want to upset anyone. Meanwhile, we're going to Maryland, and that that <clears throat> uh, there's a host of its own problems uh, in Maryland. Like you know, oh man, you have two tracks both falling apart, and no money. So, yeah. See how that works out. I would go to the Preakness under normal circumstances, but uh... the grandstand might fall. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go see Prop Joe's house, though. Craig tells me it's on the other side of town. Is it Bruno Mars there? I don't care about Bruno Mars. <laughs> I, I mean, I go or to his house. Concert. That way, I could be in the infield and not. 
in the danger zone in the grand. I don't even. I don't even think that the infield is like. I, I don't even. I think didn't they restrict it or something? I'm sure they limited tickets and jacked up the price. Yeah. Like the Pegasus. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know to be honest. But my enthusiasm to to drive all the way down there is it's definitely dampened. Though I would like to go to uh, Jimmy Seafood. That yeah. That place is good. That's what's up. Jimmy Seafood is a great example of of having some balls and using oh, social media. Goes ham on PETA. To your advantage. Exactly. It's done nothing but hammer on PETA. And, uh, and his business has skyrocketed ever since. So... Because he figured out that the people who wouldn't eat crabs or seafood wouldn't come to his restaurant anyways. Correctamundo. Like racing. <clears throat> Catering to people that hate racing. What a smart concept. And also, people understand that I'm lashing out a little bit because of the Knicks. I'm very upset. I, I see the Time Lord made a tweet about uh, our fearless coach. <laughs> He's finally seen the lights. Yeah, I'm, I should have. I should have wore my Knicks jersey today to reverse the other reverse jinx that didn't work on Saturday. Um, but those of you that, if you do vote to see that video, you'll understand. The video, it was. It's a good video, man. Matter of fact, <laughs> I, I don't know how you didn't have to ice your shoulder from. Dude, I I should have took a picture of my hand after that. I had bruises. I had one on my middle finger, thumb, index finger on both hands. You, uh, you committed you committed violence against yourself. Yeah, I did. And I usually don't do that. I mean, you've been to the track with me before. You want to hear a peep? <laughs> Home. We go bananas. Literally. Yeah. But it was fun. Hey, winning's fun. Yeah. Certainly is. Anyways, we've pretty much said enough, haven't we? Yeah. There's still more time till next, you know, till the Preakness. <laughs> so there's still two weeks for some nonsense to, to happen. Yeah. Oh, apparently the uh, the there's some sort of uh, horseman versus the track issue at Belterra, which is why... Uh, Limited the, the plethora of four horse fields on opening day at uh, my birthday, opening day of Altera. Not sure they planned it like that, but that's how it worked out. How but come I always know, thought your birthday was in November? No, apparently the track has uh hijacked uh, two million dollars in funds and doesn't want to give it to the horsemen. So, uh, I guess that's uh, can't you go to jail for that? 
Just I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's like frowned upon slash illegal. It's white collar crime, my friend. It's white collar oh. crime. So it doesn't count. That was one of the great <laughs> lines in the history of movies in uh, Midnight Run. <laughs> I'm a white collar criminal. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. No promise on the swag. And, gotta, get the, uh, gotta get the poll. We're gonna put the poll up for sure. I mean, listen, man, the, the poll is like it's just like a perfunctory um, requirement, but it, it's it's gonna be the video will be released. I can guarantee that. <laughs> no one's voting no after after this build up. We'll see. We'll see how close it is. Yeah. Yeah. Barry would have definitely broke ISO regulations first. <laughs> oh man, he, he would have got the death penalty for, for ban. <laughs> Went to the stick too many times, bro. <laughs> you even did a little chop chop, <laughs> a little rapid fire. <laughs> Oh god, that's great. Uh... <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll see you guys next week, and make sure you vote on the poll later. <laughs>